Cafe. Uh, we love you so much. God bless you. Thank you for joining us, finding us, and entering into this moment of worship with us. Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. We are in the middle of a sermon series entitled Circles of Caring. Uh, in a lot of ways, we're trying to promote and help you understand the importance of small group ministry here in our church, the importance of your being in a small group. I think that as much as we want to love and care for one another, we do that better in small groups and in this big group. And so that, that's a, a lot of what we're trying to do. But at the same time, we're just talking about biblical principles of how we operate as the body of Christ, how we love each other and, and love each other well. In the morning messages, I've been focusing on the one another's of Scripture, and there's something like 60 of those. I'm only going to do four, and today is number three. Today may be one that you've thought less of because of the way that we preachers have preached it through the years, but we're going to focus today on submitting, submitting to one another. It's not just for wives, y'all, if you haven't heard the news. Submission is simply a way of living in this world if you're going to follow Jesus. We submit to one another. So to help me out this morning, and uh, I guess in celebration of what is this na National Reading Week, Dr. Seuss Week, whatever, Dr. Seuss helped me out this morning. This is a little bitty Dr. Seuss piece called uh, The Zaxes. It's about the Zaxes. Now, these are fictitious characters. They're not really going to resemble anybody you know, uh, but just take a look at what happens when two creatures do not know how to yield to one another. Here we go. Dr. Seuss, take it away. One day, making tracks in the prairie of Prax, came a north-going Zax, a north-going Zax, and a south-going Zax. Yep. A north-going Zax, and a south-going Zax. And it happened that both of them came to a place where they bumped. Yep. There they stood, foot to foot, face to face. Look here now, the north-going Zack said. Hey, say, you are blocking my path. You are right in my way. I'm a north-going Zax, and I always go north. Get out of my way now and let me go forth. Who's in whose way? Snapped the south-going Zax. I always go south, making south-going tracks. So you're in my way, and I ask you to move and let me go south in my south-going groove. Then the north-going Zack said with north-going pride, I never have taken a step to one side, and I'll prove to you that I won't change my ways if I have to keep standing here 59 days. And I'll prove to you, yelled the south-going Zacks, that I can stand here in the prairie of Prax for 59 years. For I live by a rule that I learned as a boy back in south-going school. Never budge, that's my rule. Never budge in the least, not an inch to the west, not an inch to the east. I'll stay here not budging, I can and I will, if it makes you and me and the whole world stand still.
Well, of course, the world didn't stand still. The world grew. In a couple of years, the new highway came through, and they built it right over those two stubborn zacks and left them there, standing unbudged in their tracks. Live by a rule, never budge. Not one inch to the east, not one inch to the west. They never budged. Yeah, y'all know people like that. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's take a look what the Word of God says. Now, again, this passage leads up to that famous portion in Ephesians 5 where Paul's going to talk about the Christian family. But we're in the little passage right before that. It starts in verse 15, and it starts with the phrase, be careful how you live. Now, the structure in this passage is important, and and I don't usually go into this sort of, you know, kind of nerdy Bible talk with you, but I want you to understand how this commandment fits into everything in, in, in this context. Paul has several, a, a series of don't do this, but do this instead. Verse 15, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Then verse 18, again, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the spirit. So there's a series of don't do this, but do this, or three of those. After that, Paul has said, be filled with the spirit. And now he has three half sentences stacked up underneath, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So now Paul is talking about life in the spirit. What happens when you're filled with the spirit? And there are, I think, four I-N-G words. Is this a participle in English class or a gerund? Am I getting that correct, English teachers? So we got four participles and all these are I-N-G words and they connect back with be filled with the spirit. And those words, the first I-N-G word is in verse 19. It is singing, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And the next I-N-G word, making music to the Lord in your hearts. Verse 20, and giving thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 21, and submitting, okay? Submitting is, is, is in that group of four, and it all ties back to what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Now, this same verse leads forward into Paul's talk about the Christian home. But the problem is, I think a lot of preachers have been a little bit in a hurry to get to verse 22 where they could tell their wife something. And they skipped right past verse 21. And we're not going to skip past verse 21 today. We're going to spend a little bit of time for everybody in verse 21. So let's go back to verse 15, read it. And then we're just going to pause a while on verse 21. Here we go. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and giving thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So understand, when you're filled with the Spirit, among other things, one of the amazing things that the Spirit does is the Spirit causes you to submit to others 
Men, women, boys, girls, Zaxes, it don't matter. If you got this spirit that causes you to relate to people differently, not like the world, not like everybody else, but like Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Y'all with me? So uh, this really shouldn't be new. Honestly, it's just the example of Jesus. And Jesus has been saying the same thing since the very beginning. I mean, there's nothing new about this. And this shouldn't be news to any of you that this is how you're supposed to live. So let's do a quick little self-test, a little self-quiz, just to see sort of how easy it is for you to give up your way and surrender to others, how easy it is for you to submit. Will y'all do this with me? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or make anything public. Just sort of, let's just walk through this. None of this is a joke. This is real stuff. Sort of measure how good you are at, 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 at giving yourself away and letting other people be first. All right, quiz. Here's question number one. Do you help other people drive? Now, y'all don't mean by help. That means you're not driving. You're the passenger, but you still think you're driving. And so you like to tell your spouse or whoever the driver is, you like to tell them how fast they can go or how slow they should go. You like to tell them where they should turn or maybe when they should, you know, what route they should take. You love to tell them the speed limit. You like to read signs out loud. You like to tell them that the light just changed, all of that. So do you help other people drive? All right, question number two. Do you give other people a lot of shoulds and oughts? You know what I mean by that? That's like where you're talking to people and you just have a whole lot of, well, you should do this or you ought to do that. You understand? Now, do you do a whole lot of that? You have a whole lot of shoulds and oughts for other people. Interesting. Number three, are you the one who takes over and orders other people around when the situation seems confused? I mean, somebody's got two right. Can't just stand around, everybody with their finger and their nose just stand around. Somebody's got to take charge and you love to do it. So are you the one who takes over, orders other people around when the situation just seems confused? Is that you? Is that you? All right. Number four, do you insist on being right, having things done your way or having the final word? You say, no, I don't insist on it. I just am right. You know, I just am right. You know, I don't have to do things my way, but I think if we did it my way, we'd all agree my way is best. You know, isn't that kind of how we work? Yeah. You like to have the final word? No. Yeah. Insist on being right, having things done your way. Number five, you find it difficult to admit that you made a mistake. Being wrong or misinformed or acknowledging that you've changed your mind. Didn't you used to do it this way? No, I've always done it this way. Yeah, are you that person? You find it difficult to admit that you're wrong? Because you see, this is sort of real life stuff because honestly, the Christian life is lived out in real life, not your church life, your life life. And so the way you act with other people in the world, I mean, that is your Christian life. It's not incidental. It's not beside the point. The kind of passenger you are when somebody else is driving, that says something about your ability to follow Christ well. Your ability to admit that you're wrong. I mean, all of this, you all, all of these, these are actually very important indicators of how closely you follow the example of Christ. And the example of Christ leads to submission. Understand, submission is one of the ways that every Christian imitates the character of Christ. Submission is for everybody. 
everybody. No, verse 21 says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So verse 22 comes next. But the problem is lots and lots of preachers have always started at verse 22. I've actually heard preachers say that if you read verse 21, it kind of ruins it. I've heard preachers say that. You read verse 21, it kind of ruins it. Well, ruins what? If reading the verse above the verse you're reading ruins the way you want to preach the verse, something tells me you're preaching it wrong. You understand? So you don't get to just jump over verse 21 to get to verse 22 as delicious as verse 22 is to you. You have to stop at verse 21 and understand what the Bible says about you and what the Lord is commanding you to do. And the command is simple. Submit to one another. Everybody submits. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. Submission is just one of the ways that every Christian imitates the character of Christ. There is nothing new about this. It's just Jesus all through his teaching. This is what he taught. Jesus is the one who said, if you really want to be first, you need to make yourself last. Last. Jesus turns everything upside down. If you really want to be the greatest, Jesus says, then you need to strive to do what? Serve. Serve. The greatest is the one who serves among you. This is just what Jesus taught. Is any of this new to anybody? Jesus has always said this sort of thing, and he's still saying it. The problem is some of us never hear it. We never hear this part. As many times as Jesus says it, we never hear the part. We never hear it when Paul says, when Paul's encouraging people to follow Jesus' example, and Paul says, you're not supposed to think so much of yourself. You should always think more of other people. I mean, Paul literally says that, but somehow we miss it. Every time they say it, it just goes right past us because we love ourselves. And we love to be first. I mean, we really, really love to be first. We love being first. You know, one of the funny things in a Baptist church is just to watch people at the potlucks. Watch people at potlucks, especially at the dessert table. Now, I will say, there was a time in Woodburn Baptist Church history when one of the things I admired about the church was how everybody got their dessert at the end. Like you'd go get your food food and everybody just leave the dessert table sitting there. Then we'd all go back later and get dessert. Now, the reason I always like that, because I think that says we trust each other. You know what I mean? We trust each other because you walk in and you see Betty Jean Van Meter strawberry cake. Have y'all ever had that? It's amazing. About once every 22 years, BJ will bring a, a strawberry cake. It's her grandmother's recipe which means it's probably got whiskey and stuff. I mean, don't even talk to BJ about her grandmother. That's probably why it's so good. This big strawberry cake, fresh strawberries, pink icing. Oh my goodness. You walk in and see that and you think, oh man, I want a piece of that, but there aren't going to be 600 pieces of that, you know? But in the old days, we all just walked right past it. You eat your lunch and then you come back to dessert. You just sort of trust that... Uh, Everybody's going to be fair to you. Y'all know we do a lot less of that now. Have y'all have y'all noticed that? Yeah. Now you walk through, you see the dessert table, you think, "Whoa, you know, ain't going to be any of that when I come back." Yeah. So I'm going to get mine now. It's kind of funny, kind of not. 
Because that's kind of our philosophy of life, is it not? I'm going to get mine now, you know? Because somebody else could come and get that, and I want that. BJ won't bring another one, you know, until I'm retired. So better get that cake now. Yeah, interesting how we think like that. And we don't even acknowledge, you know, the way we are. Would it be so bad if everybody else got that cake and you didn't? Would that be so bad? Well, yeah. <laughs> That's what you're thinking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't be good. Would it really be so bad? What if everybody else cleaned the whole dessert table and you got left with you know, like a second helping of llama beans? Would that be so bad? It means everybody else was happy and, and, and you're okay because you'll live. You still ate more in one night than you should have eaten that week. Is, is it so bad that everybody else, you know, went first and you were last? Is that so bad? Well, honestly, for some of us, it just is. It's unthinkable. Unthink- I mean, you, you'd stayed at home if you knew it was going to turn out like that. Seriously. Some of you'd rather stay home then see other people ahead of you, see other people taking what you want. I mean, but, but do you understand that that's exactly how radical Jesus' example is? This isn't normal. It's not really how people typically are. We really, really love to think of ourselves. But here's the thing. This is what Paul is saying in Ephesians chapter 5. When you are filled with the Spirit, you no longer think of yourself before others. You just don't. You just don't. You don't think of yourself before others. You think of others first. Now, is any of this new? So why is it so rare? Why is it so rare to find people who just don't think about themselves first? Because this is what the Holy Spirit does. And the fact that you and I tend to be so fixated on ourselves, that says something very, very critical about our relationship to the Spirit. Because Paul just throws it out there, man. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be singing psalms and making music and giving thanks and submitting to other people. Submitting. Now, what do you think submission is? I think it's a term they use in wrestling. And submission is like when you take somebody down, you know, pin them to the ground. And then they're like, you know, they submit. Is that what we're talking about? Because I've been to that potluck, you, you know. Are we talking about that? You know, somebody with their foot on your neck? No. Because we're talking about inside the body of Christ. About inside the body of Christ, which means we don't have any people standing up with their foot on somebody's neck. If there are, they're not a lot like Christ. We're all following the same example. This is what's beautiful. This is why we can enter into this kind of attitude without fear. Because I am in a body of people who are all doing the very same thing. If everybody's trying to take care of everybody else, then nobody has to worry about themselves. Isn't that beautiful? What a wonderful thought. Just like you have my back, I got your back, everybody's back. Nobody has to be defensive. Nobody has to stand out by the dessert table and guard the cake. We don't have to do that. Because honestly, I'd rather see you get it. I'd rather see you happy. Because when you're filled with the Spirit, you don't think about yourself before others. What you want that, take that. What was I in your way? I'm sorry. You you go. It's just a way of life. It's a way of following Jesus. So let's talk about it. Why is it that following Jesus so naturally 
leads us into submitting to one another. Well, let's break it down. Basic, basic Christianity here. Your Christian life begins with your full submission to Christ. This is where it starts. So, you know, lordship Christianity. In other words, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's just not like his title. That's a, that's a term of relationship. In other words, you confess with your mouth that he is Lord. In other words, he is your Lord. And that means you are now no longer in command of your own life. You follow Jesus. It means you're not leading your own life. You follow Jesus. It means you're not getting your way in the world anymore because you're following Jesus' way in the world. Uh, you've been crucified with Christ. So nevertheless, you live, but Christ lives in you. So that means that it's not you. That, that old selfish, stubborn you is dead with Jesus, been crucified on the cross. You're a new person. A new man, a new woman. And that new man, that new woman has a very different, very different relationship with Jesus and the world. Jesus is Lord. And that means he has the authority to command my life. I submit to him fully, full surrender to Jesus. Are are y'all with me? Nobody's talking to me this morning. Are y'all mad at me? It's full submission to Jesus. That means I give up command of my life. I am no longer first in command. Jesus is in command. But now guess what? I'm not second in command either because that's what you were thinking. Okay, Jesus and then, you know, me and then, you know, the world, you know. So like you're going to let Jesus tell you what to do, but you still think you can tell everybody else what to do. And it doesn't work that way. Understand, you're not first in command. Say those words. We just say, I am not first in command. Say it. I am not first in command. But go ahead and say, and I'm not second in command either. Do we, need to, do we need to go third? We need to keep marching you down? Because Jesus said what? If you want to be first, go ahead and make yourself last. So like you're not first, you're not second, you're not like infinity. You're not in command at all. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You're not in command. It's not your place to tell everybody else what to do. Now, if you are in a workplace and they've asked you to be the boss, then you need to be the very best Christ-like boss that there ever has been. But even that means you're not running things to get your way, right? You should be running things for the good of the company, for the good of the people that you serve. If you really, really want to be great, Jesus says, make yourself a servant. That's why we talk about servant leadership in the body of Christ. Are y'all with me? None of this is new, right? This is just basic Christianity. Christian life begins with your full submission to Christ. Secondly, submission to others is a natural expression of your submission to Christ. You say, what? I mean, I understand submitting to Jesus. He's the son of God and all. But you're telling me I got to submit to my uncle, my crazy brother-in-law, all the crazy people at church? Yes. Yes. Why would you not? Understand, submit to others. It is an expression of your submission to Christ, right? He's in control. Jesus is in control. He's got the whole world in his hands. Not you. Not not you. And he sits where he sits, and he sees where he sees, and he rules. Because he knows it all. You don't. 
you know a lot, not as much as you think, but you don't know everything. Let Jesus, who sits where he sits and sees what he sees, just let him rule because he's better at it. You're not good at it. You're really, really not. You're really, really not. So you can resign. You can resign from trying to hold the whole world in your hands. You don't sit where he sits. You don't see what he sees. Stop trying to be Jesus. Stop trying to be the Lord of all. That's not your place. The natural expression of submission to Christ is just submission to everybody else. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's not about your way. It's about Jesus having his way. And you don't always know what Jesus is doing in other people's lives. Leave them alone. Just leave people alone. Stop thinking that you've got to tell everybody what to do. Stop thinking that everybody's got to do it your way. Guess what? There are a thousand ways to do a lot of things, and your way is just one of them. Just because it's your favorite, it doesn't mean everybody else has got to be you. Give it up. Submission to others is a natural expression of your submission to Christ. Understand, Jesus is Lord over you, which means you answer to Jesus, and everybody else answers to Jesus too. They don't answer to you. Nobody has to explain themselves to you. Nobody has to, to, to obey you. You understand? It's just the most natural thing in the world. You just let people follow Jesus. And this doesn't mean that you can't have an influence in people's lives. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything everybody just says. We can disagree. I mean, we're human. All of that factors in. But at the end of the day, nobody is insisting on having everything their way. At the end of the day, at the end of the argument, we still love each other because if you disagree with me, that's not a sin. It's not a sin. And if you hurt my feelings, that's, that, that's not necessarily a sin. I, I, I'm nobody. I'm nobody better than you. And that means if you've got a different opinion, then your opinion is just as valid as mine. You understand? Submission to others is just a natural expression of your submission to Christ. It's It's just trusting Jesus to work everything out his way. You just trust him. And sometimes you'll see what other people don't see. And in that instance, help them understand what you're seeing. But then shut up and listen. Because they're going to see things you don't see. And you just listen. And and together, probably, we'll see more and understand more. But it's not going to be about my, my getting your way and you're getting your way. It's both of us submitting to one another in submission to Jesus. And then Jesus gets his way. Understand? Man, I got, I got some fierce expressions out there. Um, submission is not thinking less of yourself. Oh, I'm not worthy. Oh my, everybody else probably smarter than me on this. Everybody else better at this. No, no, no. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. Y- y'all see what I did there? Y- you get that? Man, it's, it's not like... You know, you know, I'm I'm so dumb. I'm not smart. Everybody else, you know, knows so much more than me. No, it's not about lowering yourself in that way. It's just putting yourself right there on the same plane with everybody else. You know, you're not lower, but you're not higher either. You're just right here with us. You're just one of us. Understand? But but but. The thing is, I mean, you and I are the same. We're in the same place. I'm not higher than you because I'm pastor. My opinion doesn't have more weight because I'm pastor. 
just one of us, just one of us. And, and the thing is, as pastor, God help me, I, I just really want to serve you all. I want this church to be about me. I'm not just going to sing songs I like. I'm not just going to do things the way I want to do things. I, 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 I want us to do this together. And that's the way I want to live my whole life. When I go home with, with my wife, I know what the scripture says next about wives submitting. It's a little bitty verse. What comes after that is this long, long, long double paragraph about how I'm supposed to love her enough to die for her. You see, in the context of neither one of us trying to get our own way. You know, when we're all submitting to everybody, that means nobody gets to pile up in their big fat chair and say, hey, bring me another Diet Coke. Breakfast ready yet? You know, show me any place where that looks like Jesus. Show me any place where Jesus is like piles up and says, what's for supper? Why is it cold? You know, I mean, show me any place where that looks like Jesus because you're a believer, right? That means you're imitating Jesus. Well, Brother Tim, you don't understand. I'm a whole lot like my daddy. Well, Lord help you. You're not supposed to be like your daddy. You're supposed to be trying every day to be more like Jesus. Less like your daddy, more like Jesus. Let's make that your new goal. Well, Brother Tim, you, you never met my mama, man. She had a mouth on her. Yeah, I understand. I understand all about your mama. But your mama's mouth is not your model. We're trying to get you to have the mind of Christ. You understand? We're all following Jesus' example. So nobody's trying to have it their way. Nobody's trying to be the smartest, the best, the brightest. We're just all together. We're a family. And every single one of us is just sort of letting everybody else go first. And it's the most marvelous thing in the world. Everybody's just more concerned about everybody else. and Nobody's thinking much about themselves. So that's what makes it so much fun. I don't have to take care of me because y'all will take care of me. And in my experience, y'all do better taking care of me than I take care of myself. I mean, let people just take care of you. But that means you have to surrender that control. You have to surrender that ability, that prerogative, that, that, that habit you have of thinking that, it, that it's all about you. You just, you, you give that up. You, you, you totally give that up. Here's the thing. Submission is key to unity and harmony in Christian relationships. I'd say in the church. You see, if we don't do this, like everybody just submitting to one another, if we don't do this, that's why you have churches where people are always fighting some of you left those churches to come to Woodburn, and you've been in those churches. Some of you say, Pastor, I, got, I can't come to your family meeting. I still got PTSD from business meetings I've been in in my life. I mean, how many of you have told me that? Absolutely. People tell me that. I got PTSD, business meetings in the past, you know, church people. Yeah, yeah, church people who fail to follow the example of Jesus. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care if I get my way around here. I, I just want us to love each other and love Jesus and follow him. You know what I'm saying? All the things we fight about, that's just people being selfish. When everybody is submitting to one another, there's no selfish people. Nobody mad at the end of the day. Understand? This is submission. This is the key to unity and harmony in Christian relationships. This is what your family needs. That's why Paul in the very next breath goes right into family. Probably what's wrong with your family is you got people, everybody trying to, trying, to, trying to get what they want, forgetting how to just, you know, be for the family, not for themselves. It's just submission. 
You know, be for the church and then not for yourself. It's just submission. It's, it's the key to unity. See, in, in the way humans think, we think that the key to unity would be if everybody just agree with me. We'd all be like-minded, wouldn't we? Like everybody just do it the way I do it and then we can all agree. That's like the best idea you've had all day, isn't it? Just like everybody just, you think the key to unity is everybody falling in your example. I just want to humbly remind you, you're not the example. You're not the model. You're not the Lord. The key to unity is every single one of us just surrendering, submitting, dying to ourselves, giving ourselves away, letting Christ take over. We, we fully surrender to him. And as that spills out into our lives, that just causes us to, to, to never think of ourselves first. We, we think of Jesus. We think of others. And Jesus said, if you really, really want to be first, just go right on ahead. Go to the end of the line. Learn to be at home there because that's where you just need to spend the rest of your life. You want to be great then just consume yourself with trying to figure out how to serve everybody else. Jesus said, the Son of Man came not into the world to be served, but to serve. That's Jesus talking about himself. He was, is the Lord. I didn't come here to have people serve me. I came to serve. And honestly, if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to learn to Imitate him. And one of the ways you imitate him, submitting. Submitting to others. It's just not about you.